Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, well, Georgia's going to cover against Missouri. That game's done. Let's yes. elsewhere in the SEC. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, where we are really wrong a lot, especially the other day. Ari, we were so wrong on so many games. But Georgia-Missouri, we gave five seconds to on the show. We were like, Georgia got yelled at all week by, by Kirby Smart after mucking around against Kent State. Of course, they'll destroy Missouri. And damned if they didn't almost lose. I was really feeling myself on Friday night after that UCLA game. Because I was like, Ooh, I nailed they that. They awesome. I was, I was like, wow. I'm like, I'm feeling that this is going to be a good weekend. I came into Saturday loving every single dog. Every one of them. I thought that a lot of them were going to win outright. Um, I was wrong at every turn. Um, I thought that Kentucky was going to win. And they kind of did, but they didn't. Right. Um, they covered, but they did not win, and they well, should have won. Or the at end least of the game, if, you, overtime, if you're not yes. listening, they, they threw a touchdown pass in, in the game's final minute and a half, and it got uh, called back on an illegal shift. And then the following play, uh, Levis fumbled the ball. So that, to me, you know, I think I was had the right idea. I thought NC State was going to beat Clemson. Wrong. Nope. I thought yeah, Iowa was going to play with Clemson's them. defense looked great, by the way. Yeah. And DJ Uyungle, listen, I've been very hard on him. I'm going to stop now. I thought he looked awesome. Yeah, I, th- yeah he did. That throw to Shipley in oh, the second yeah. quarter. There were, there were a couple other throws that were just like, whoo, this guy, he's feeling can, it now. He's comfortable. You, you can win a lot of hard-fought games in, in college football with the guy that can take it up the middle for five yards any given time. Yeah. Oh, um, Will Shipley's great. Uh, well, I was actually referring to oh, DJ, you're talking about too, DJ. Yeah. But, well, yeah. And, and DJ uh, DJ on the read option, you know, when Shipley got th- – after that throw to Shipley, which they ruled was down on the one-inch line, I mean, DJ's automatic on the read option for, for a touchdown there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was right about Illinois. I thought I thought Illinois had a chance. That was quite the game. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure we'll when, get into when that. we dedicated an entire show to the uh, the possibility that, that Brett Bielema might go out Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I was like, did we do? Did we go too far? Were we being a little reactionary? We didn't go far there? enough. No, good. They killed him. Yeah, um, I thought Iowa was going to play with Michigan. That didn't happen. No. Now it was kind of a close game, uh, I guess quote-unquote close there at the end before Michigan tacked on the final touchdown. But I think at every turn, like I was like looking at all the spreads going into the weekend. I'm like, God, I love the dog here. I love the dog here. I love that. Not only did they not win, a lot of them didn't cover, you know. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll start off the show, and we're going to have to go through all the ones that we just kind of sped through individually. Um, But I did not have a good feel for what was going to happen on Saturday. And the one game that we didn't even give the underdog a second thought was the Mizzou game and they had Georgia on the rope oh, of all ropes. So I'll give you another one. We were like, Oh yeah. Oklahoma bounces back because yeah, I thought, okay, they lost to Kansas state. It's a styles make fights thing. Chris Kleiman 
beat them when Lincoln Riley coached them. It's just their defense doesn't match up well. Oh, no, no, no. TCU destroyed Oklahoma. And yeah. they lost Dylan Gabriel in the game. But it, it really didn't matter. It wasn't anything Oklahoma's offense did or didn't do. Their defense was awful. Their defense yeah. was like 2018 level bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the one dog that we had, or I had, was UCLA. They took care of business. But, um, you know, and I also thought that Arkansas was going to cover. And it looked like for a minute there they had a chance to win. And then the wheels fell off. So, yeah. uh, you know, all these games are, are important fixtures of the Saturday. And we can start hitting them speed round one by well, one. Before we do that, though, I don't have the song to play. But I couldn't play it anyway. Jeff Sims just scored for Georgia Tech. The Yellow oh Jackets, who fired their coach on Monday, are going to come out of Pittsburgh with a win. Are you going to sing it at least? But they pitted, so they can't be too legit to pit. Too legit. Well, I think it goes both ways. I don't. I don't think it matters. It's just the song is the the song is a signifying uh, tune that lets you know that pit will pit. Pit pit pitted. Uh, pit pitted as hard as pit can pit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe Jeff Collins, that guy, maybe he was the problem. No, actually, congratulations to Georgia Tech grad Brent Key, interim coach, offensive line coach. You know how I feel about offensive line coaches finally getting their shot. Well, guess what? He took him up to Pittsburgh and won a game. Yeah, I don't even know where to begin with that. So, you know, Dion, take a take a step back. You're you're out of the picture now. We found our guy. (laughs) That's it. I mean, that was a really good win for them. Like that would have been like the best them. win of the Jeff Collins era. <laughs> would it have been? been if he'd have been there? If he would have yeah. been there, would that have been his best win? I I think so. Uh, yeah, you know Pittsburgh's a pretty good team. So you know this sport, and you you tweeted something about this, and I can't remember the tweet off the top of my head. Uh, but you said if you, oh, Mevis Harrison Mevis. Yes. The kicker the from kicker. Missouri. Yes. Missing an extra point length field goal last week to win against Auburn, drilling a 50, was it 53 or something? 55. 55 yard field goal. <laughs> and he was five put, for five at that point. Put, put Mizzou back up uh, by 10 points in the late in the second half against Georgia. You know, what a what a comeback story. And I tweeted this back. I said, you said I had the body of Harrison Mevis last week. Mm-hmm. Who's laughing now, pal? Did you I'll see him coming off body. the field? Did you see the swag coming off the field? The buffest swag I've ever Big seen man. in my entire life. And it's not about the way you look. It's about how you feel. Bud. Listen, I used and, to have that body, too. So yeah. I'm so listen, I'm proud take when the anybody can tonight. succeed with that body. Um, so this uh, is this is it, though. Zachary Ament tweeted this at me tonight. This is this is. College football in a nutshell, and you say we only concentrate on the playoff and all that nonsense. No, 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 no. This is what this sport is about. If I would have told you in August that after an offseason full of Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher drama, that the week of the A&M Bama game, college game day would be going to TCU at Kansas in a battle of unbeatens, you would have thought it was insane. But it happened. Zachary says, I love this sport. Yes, you know, and that's the funny thing, too. We've spent so much time and you and I don't directly see eye to eye when it comes to the playoff expansion and what it means. But the funniest thing about it is that we spend so much time with the national championship discussion and rightfully so it's the national championship, but like the idiosyncrasies and the happenings that happen every single Saturday in the sport is what makes people come back. And, you know, I was watching, I had my daughter's first birthday party on a Saturday. Don't ask me who planned it, but I didn't plan it to be on a Saturday. Um, 
and I was checking in as much as I could. Um, I was supposed to mount a TV outside uh, in the past two weeks by a TV and mount it outside for the backyard for the party. That and seems I like didn't, something you're capable of doing. Well, no, hiring somebody to do it. Um, <laughs> oh, I just, I just kind of dragged my feet on it, and every dude that was at my house today, and it was like 20, uh, was like, where's the TV out here, man? What are we doing? Like, wh- wh- why is this not out here? Um, uh, I wish I, I see. I'm going to be in your town tomorrow. I, you I are. Wish I'd, I, I wish I'd come early. I would have. I would have. Well, the TV. thing that kind of bothered or that has like dissuaded me and wanting to deal with it is that I, it is going to be mounted into stucco. So that kind of gives me anxiety they a little need bit. Some special anchors for that. You're going to need somebody to really come in here and know what they're doing, especially when no, it's you outside. Buy, you just need to buy a special drill bit and and need some good anchors. It'll yeah, good. it's it's going into to an outdoor thing, and it's. Do I have to buy an outdoor TV? No, I don't. Right, because it's in no, a covered I area. Put, you know what I did? I put our oldest TV outside because if the sun bakes it or fries it, whatever, I was going to throw. You know, it was you could throw it away. I was going to throw it away anyway. Uh, the, the thing that I was TVs told though, significantly more expensive is that you have to read your uh, homeowner's insurance policy very closely because if it were to start a fire for whatever reason oh that you having a non-outdoor television mounted on an outdoor space causes Uh a fire um you might not be getting home improvement with ari let's go to nick terry's question (laughs) big picture question gents has the gap closed between the top three teams in the next group it kind of feels that way although i mean ohio state won 49 to 10 probably didn't look as good as they could look. We can talk about Greg Schiano versus Ryan Day. One Why don't we just get that out of the way right now? Uh, let, let's just get it out of the way. I don't think they were I don't think they were trying to show up Rutgers by running a fake punt. I think the punter, he's a rugby style punter. He got out there. I think he's probably coached to if he sees nobody out there, he's probably coached to run to the stick. Right. And I was like fourth and short, but you know, I guess the the question that you texted me during the day, and I think is the kind of the theme of the day, is um, did the field gain traction on the halves? Um, and Ohio it State sure looked that way in in uh, Como, Missouri. So Ohio State supposedly is the one that's standing out as the one without any chinks in the armor, right? Right. But I thought that in the little that I saw of that game, uh, and thankfully so, because it looked like a brutal game to watch. Um, that they were kind of sleepwalking and having their clunker too. Now their clunker wasn't against an SEC team, um, but it was well, kind they, of a, their clunker was against Rutgers. And if you're going to have a clunker, that's a good one to have it against. And and honestly, a clunker Georgia, when they covered gonna, the spread, I guess, or hit the yeah. spread. Um, you if, know, if, if you're going to have a clunker, have it against Missouri because I don't know that Georgia gets out against some of these other teams. Yeah, well, if they I have mean, the clunker against them. That's always the question with these clunker games, too, Andy. Right, like. Did the clunker happen because the team they're playing isn't very good, or did the clunker happen because they were due to have one no matter who they played? And I think it's probably the former. Mm-hmm. I think teams tend to sleepwalk when they're playing against teams that don't theoretically have a chance. And like Georgia played in that entire game, like a team that just kind of had its heads up its rears and never feared like they could lose, and they pushed it to the exact brink of when it was danger zone it, before it felt they like finally turned it on. Every time Mizzou had third and fourteen, Georgia would do something stupid to bail them out. And Mizzou would go kick a field goal, and and it would just continue, or or Georgia would get to the five yard line, and it was like there was a force field, and they just could not pass it. Yeah, and kick a field goal, you know. And of course, they ended up winning, so that's good. By um, by the way, if, this pit game not over yet. They just onside kicked. Georgia Tech's up five. Georgia Tech recovers. 
Okay. Yellow so, Jackets win. So they do win. Thank God we don't have to re-record anything. Uh, I feel, <laughs> I'm running yes. on fumes right now. We, so we're not re-recording anything. If I say something incredibly stupid and then yeah. proven wrong five minutes later, we just leave it in. Like, yeah. We, look, think of all the stupid things we said on Friday's show. We just yeah. left them in. Yeah, you know what? It's as I was talking to somebody who, who's at our birthday party today that listens to the show. And he said, the thing that I love about your show the most and the thing that I take most pride, and I hope you agree with this, Andy, is we are unapologetically us. Mm-hmm. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We admit when we're wrong and we're just having a real football conversation and we don't treat it like we're covering the Pentagon. And I we, and I yeah. think that that's great. So um, <laughs> and like I was just joking with another friend today. It's like if I – because people give me crap. I get DMs on Instagram and stuff. Like – you're an idiot. How did you pick this game? It's like, if I could pick the games correctly, I would not be here. Yes. You you would live in Vegas or it's, on your own island, and we wouldn't have to work very much. You know, and there's certain things where you can read the tea leaves, and sometimes I wonder if my knowledge of the games or of the teams or the, the, the people who are playing actually work against me. Because, like, I, I overanalyze every single thing that I think. Well, I mean, it's... It, I've just realized that, and the Harrison Mavis thing is a great example of this. These are very unpredictable. This is the most unpredictable age group. Yeah. Other than like three-year-olds. What makes it super daunting is, is that you can watch a player on a Saturday or a team on a Saturday look completely lost and look like they have no idea what's going on. They could lose a game or almost lose a game to somebody. And then the following week look like an entirely different player. It's like when you look at the NFL... And gambling on the NFL, it's it's gambling on it is so much more incredibly difficult because the teams are so close together. Correct. But it's not a variation of how they're going to perform. Like Jamar Chase is good. He's going to be good on Sunday next week. He was good on Thursday. He's going to be good on the Sunday after that. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not the team that they're playing also has a good day or matches up well. Or But in college, it's like which one of these people is going to show up? And I don't even know how anybody can ever predict any of this stuff. Well, you can't. I mean, <clears throat> this is why I keep going back to, to Nick Saban. The most amazing thing is getting 18 to 22-year-olds to perform in a consistent manner because it's really, really hard. We, we, we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago with Georgia. You know, when is the last time they lost a game that they shouldn't have lost? And that was South Carolina in 2020. Well, they almost did it again. Like Alabama doesn't do that very. I guess I guess A and M last year probably qualifies as, as Alabama losing a game it shouldn't lose, but they just, it doesn't happen to them very often. Yeah, you know you the the th- thought that you had is usually the hot thought. Get your clunker out of the way now, and then next week your coach reminds you that if you do that against an SEC team, um, you're gonna lose, right? And like Georgia, and then did they it this did it week. again, and they did it again. Uh, and you know what, guys? They were very close to losing. Yes. I mean, yeah, and, and against if the schedule had broken differently, like I don't know if they'd have lost to Auburn. Because obviously Missouri and Auburn are pretty close, given the way they played. And you saw Auburn and LSU tonight. LSU escapes with the win. Jaden Daniels hurt at the end. Uh, Auburn did some just crazy stuff there. They, they got real cute. On first, I think it was first and goal, threw a pick, maybe second and goal. And then they had, they muffed the punt. They get it right back for the fumble, but then they throw a pick. It's just like they can't get out of their own way. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I realize we're bouncing around here, but I don't think Brian Harson did anything to lose his job tonight. No, well, they were up fourteen nothing, right? Yeah, they were. They were, and that's, that's another example of what we were just talking about. Twice that Brian, so Brian Kelly's been the coach at LSU for five games. Twice he's been down fourteen nothing and won the game. And and by the way, they they almost won the Florida State game, which they were down. Yeah, yeah. In. Uh, I was like doing the calculus of what what. Yeah, you're right. Mississippi um, State was the other one. Yeah, that's good. Um, Auburn and Mizzou last week was one of the worst, best games I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it was so bad. And both of them looked exceedingly competent the following mm-hmm. week against better opponents. Yeah, I, I would think if you are a team that plays Georgia this year, especially I'm looking at you, Tennessee, right now, you should feel pretty confident that you can do something against them because Missouri was gashing them up the middle. So Georgia's defense, while stocked with some very good athletes, I know Jalen Carter limped off at one point on Saturday, uh, but you know Georgia's defense still has some a bunch of very good athletes that are going to play in the NFL. But they are not the cohesive unit that they were last year where they were just utterly dominant all the time. And the Oregon game looks more and more like the outlier with each game we watch. Now, maybe that changes. Maybe as the season goes along, they gel together, and, and all of a sudden, by the end of the season, they're they're dominant again. But if I'm Tennessee, if I'm Kentucky, if I'm you know well, Auburn this week, I don't feel like they're invincible by any stretch of the imagination. So you take what you saw the last two weeks with Georgia, and you alter your viewpoint of what you. Of if it what had happened once, I would have been like, "That's their clunker," but it happened twice, right? And I was like thinking too uh because i did the college football mock a few weeks ago and i was talking to you know members of the committee and i was like how do you guys judge a team that comes out and you could just tell has uh is sleepwalking you know they've got Mm -hmm. you know muffed kicks and turnovers and their body languages they don't want to be there georgia was sloppy as hell it was just like you know those games if you're a fan of a powerhouse you know what they look like how do you judge that? And the response I got from the playoff committee chair 
um, Boo Corrigan was that good teams shouldn't look like that. So like the committee actually does take this into account as like, you know, there's no mulligans here or there's no, if you look like crap, then you are crap for that week. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, I agree with that. Like last week's Kent state game, we spent very little time discussing. Cause it was just like, eh, they right. didn't care. They'll, they'll bounce back. Kirby they'll, will yell at fine. them for a week, but they didn't. And that's where you go. So that's okay, why we're here. The rest of the schedule now feels different. Now they can prove us wrong. As we've demonstrated, we're wrong quite a bit by looking like they looked against Oregon or South Carolina for the next few weeks. Like if and they that's do the that, question we're going to be like, right back where we were. You say they're playing Auburn and Vanderbilt uh, next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Then they play Florida, which, you know, maybe you, you change it's your a rivalry game, It's a rivalry but, game. But so, they should beat Florida. But like if you look at Tennessee and let's say Tennessee um, continues to win and they're in a very good spot. I mean, they're playing Alabama in two weeks, so they probably will have a loss by then. Um, and they're also playing Kentucky before too. That's a really brutal f- month for, for Tennessee, by the way, uh, at home against Alabama or at LSU at home against Alabama. Then you get UT Martin in the middle, then Kentucky, Georgia back to back. Um, does Georgia, are they playing that way because they don't respect their opponent and they're sleepwalking? Or are they playing that way because they're susceptible to losing to a team that's going to have a big time atmosphere that will likely be, you know, in the playoff discussion, if they only have one loss by that point in time, like I have a very hard time parsing those two things. I I think they are a youngish team defensively, offensively they're older and more veteran. So I don't. There's not a lot of excuses for for the way they played offensively for much of Saturday night. Defensively, they're a youngish team of really great athletes that at some point may congeal into a dominant group. But they're not there right now. So we saw that. So you, last so you don't think this is this is is this clunker or is this warts exposed or both? I, you only get one clunker. Once once there's a second one, you only get up. one. That's a good question. You only get one clunker. Is that true? I I don't know. I've I've seen some. I'm, I'm trying to think of national title teams. That that I've I've covered pretty closely and and where their clunkers come, usually yeah you get the one, and usually those teams don't have another one. So is is so this was a bona fide clunker tonight. Uh, Georgia no, Missouri Kent State was the clunker. This was no Kent a State was not giving a shit. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I never thought about it. this. is a very interesting discussion. I don't know that I agree with that. Okay. I, I I think that if you don't care, then you're you're born to not care again. It's a matter of whether or not you're going to get paid for that clunker. Because there's no like there's you're not going to sit like you you don't even believe that so like you, te- that you Mizzou. Think, you think that Georgia just didn't care this week after th- getting ripped from stem to stern for playing like garbage against Kent State. You think, I think they did? They th- came out and did not care if they played well or not. And did not respect their opponent. I think they did not respect their opponent. See, I, I find that very difficult to believe after what they did against Kansas. I think they were trying and it wasn't working. And I think that, like I said, to me, if you think if they I'm were Tennessee, trying, really, Kentucky, yeah. Florida, Auburn, that either gives me confidence or it's sort of the uh, the Ivan Drago. Uh, 
he's a man, he's not a machine. After but he, it's he funny, though, because once him. they started getting into the situation where they could lose, all of a sudden, literally everything they did started working. Yeah. yeah that, for because they're, cause they're eight better. of a quarter. Yeah, because they're yeah. better. So, yeah. so you would think that that would take over if they were really locked well, it, in earlier. It did, it did take over. Earlier. That's exactly what happened. It took over. When it when yeah. it finally did, um, I mean, I, yeah, it's a it's an interesting theory. I'm very curious what the listeners think. Yeah, um, be, th- this is gonna be this is gonna be a very interesting season if this is what we're dealing with. Now, Joshua in the comments, I was thinking about this the whole time, and I didn't know if it was an appropriate comparison, but he said, and I want to I want to bring it up. What about 20, uh, 2002 Ohio State? They did play a lot of close games. They I, I'll give you another. Literally, almost lost every game on their schedule. Yeah, I'll give you another one. 06 Florida. Like I, I remember, yeah. 06 Florida was was put into the national title game. I was a beat writer covering that team, and and I remember looking at the other beat writers and be like, "This team's playing for the national title," and they ended up smoking Ohio State for the title. Yeah, but like if you haven't covered that team the whole season, you're like, "How is this team playing for the title?" See, Shub here, Shub twenty two, put that one up. Uh, oh, a little bit lower. Sorry, the other one. A playoff team doesn't fart around and win by 14 over Kent State. Okay, so they're not a playoff team anymore? Except they might be one. They're absolutely going to. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I guess ca- maybe absolutely not. They're, I, they're there cap- is doubt. They're capable of it. They're capable if you would have said, it. do you think Georgia's going to make the playoff to me this morning? I'd be like, what are you talking about? What are you asking me? Now, I, I think there's a 10% chance of um, uh, 10% chance that they might have some issues that we're going to discover so another another question from joshua in our live chat ari how much of the last two weeks reminds you of 2015 ohio state yeah so, so the idea of like you only get one clunker right so mm-hmm. 2015 well, they, ohio they state's entire season was an entire wrong team but their entire season was a clunker if you go back and look week that's to week true. that's true and it's just like but maybe you're right like does that prove your theory then that a team that farts around every single weekend is eventually not going to make the playoff and they didn't they don't get one clunker because it proved to not be proved to be the thing that kept them out of the playoff, and they didn't. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, I, that might actually, I think, proves your 2014 assertion. Ohio State. Their clunker was the, they lost to, to Virginia yeah. Tech, and it wasn't a good Virginia Tech team. But then they got better every week. Yeah. Um. So I, it'd be interesting to think of like a because Alabama rarely has them, mm-hmm. unless you can make the case that Alabama's clunker was against Texas. I would definitely make that case. So. You know, yeah. that I think but, that that was so. Uh, yeah, and and Alabama lost Bryce Young on Saturday. Uh, let's hear Nick Saban after the game talking about about Bryce Young. Uh, I, I don't know. I was going to call Jimbo afterwards and tell him exactly what we were doing. So I, you know, if he can hear it in the press conference, then I don't have to call him. So you know, there are things that Jalen does well. Um, you know. We practice some of those things, and if he has to play, we'll practice some more. So, um, but I thought he did a good job of managing the game today, and you know, gave our t- team a chance to win. Uh, we scored how many points with him playing quarterback? We had 14 when Bryce was in there, and the rest was when he was in there. So, it wasn't all bad. So it's 35 points with Jalen Milrow to do to do the math. For, for Coach Saban there. But uh, it sounds like they think Bryce Young may be back for Texas A&M. It, it was an AC joint injury. Uh, he went down on the side, you know, got, you know, goes, gets driven down, kind of tries to brace himself with his right arm, 
comes up grabbing his shoulder, kept playing. The next time he threw, he he grabs his shoulder again, and then he goes off the sideline and chucks his helmet down in frustration. So uh, we'll we'll see what, if he comes back. But I thought that was that was a very interesting development on a day yeah. when you know it was it wasn't great for quarterbacks. You had you had him go down. You had Jaden Daniels down, you know, out of the game at the end of the, the LSU Auburn game. Uh, you saw Dylan Gabriel scary hit. He, you know, he gives himself up, and then TCU player hits him anyway and and smacks him in the head, and his head it's hits like, the turf. Felt like the Otua thing kind of set very, the tone for the weekend, right? You know, it's very like, similar. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. it, it's like interesting too because um, it, it, I don't know if it's the same injury. It probably isn't, but the Quinn Ewers injury kind of landing on it that that way too. Yeah. Right? You know, and I know that throwing motions and, sh- and collarbones and all the things that you could do when you land that way, but it's just like against Alabama that happened, and now they're they're dealing with something on their own. But we're going to be at that game next weekend, so it might be a little bit interesting. It will be very interesting. So before we we're going to pause and, and then talk about some other stuff. We're going to move off the the playoff contender type teams, but we are going to that Alabama Texas A and M game. So let's talk about the Aggies. And Mississippi State before we move on to the other things. Texas A&M got destroyed by Mississippi State. Everything I said about what I thought was going to happen in this game was totally wrong. Texas A&M could not get pressure on Will Rogers. He picked them apart. I, I kept saying, what happens if Mississippi State would ever get yak yards in a game? You saw it. Yep. They did. And then, and then Texas A&M's offense, just ineffective, ineffective. Uh, another quarterback who got hurt, Max Johnson, looked like he, he hurt his, his thumb or his finger uh, or some, his hand on his non-throwing hand. He comes out, Haynes King comes in, didn't matter. That offense is not great. And listen, they owe Jimbo Fisher $85 million. He ain't going anywhere. So, yeah. so- that, that's a frustrating spot to be in right now. Yeah, and you know what, man? I saw it up up front last weekend, and I was there, and I get to see the Aggies twice in three weeks because we're going to the game this weekend. But that is just what it is right now. And I think the question isn't, like, what can be done to salvage what's going to happen this year. I think the question is, what does Jimbo Fisher have to do in order to remedy this so it doesn't bleed into next year? Well, here's the thing. It's year five. You've guaranteed this guy a bajillion dollars. There ain't no wait till next year's anymore. That's that's done. Like, there's no. This is a bridge year. This is you're supposed to be good every freaking year when you pay somebody that much money and it's year five. Yeah, you have no excuses. It's like my whole thing None. has always been like A and M is building it. They're building it. They finally did something that they broke through last year. They're going to build it and they're going to build it. But that is a very astute point, and it's the same thing that you say to Texas fans. Uh, and I know that uh, Sark isn't as deep into his tenure um, as Jimbo is, but you know you can't if you're a Texas fan say, "Hey, we if we had Quinn, we're four and You know, it's like your entire program. No, you is should, based you should on dominate an Texas Tech anyway. Eighteen like, year old right. boy is is okay, yeah. or man that just got hasn't played yet, healthy. That's the program right there. Yeah, and um, you know that that's the thing too. It's just like this isn't a coincidence anymore to borrow from my father. And it's just yeah. like, there's something, there's something that needs to be done in a drastic fashion. And if you go back and look at a lot of the best coaches in college football over the course of the past 10 years, they've been the ones that have done the best at identifying and remedying issues. Yes. There is no, and there's no lack of urgency with, they don't people. have the same problems over and over. 
Yeah, you can't have the same problem over and over again. And it's going to continue. It's like, I honestly don't know if A&M will be able to score next weekend. Well, it's funny because I I just go back to last year. That was the one game they could. (laughs) So maybe, but I don't know. It's very strange. Like, there's no excuse for this. I, I had Aggie fans mad at me because I said, has Evan Stewart gotten a ball thrown to him in stride since he was in high school during a game? And they said, he dropped five passes. W Wide receiver one shouldn't drop five passes. I'm like, no. True freshmen shouldn't be relied upon to be wide receiver one in year five. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> no. right. Even if they're as good as he is. Right. And by the way, not hitting strike. Like, I wrote, I, I tweeted that right after the they threw it behind him. It got intercepted by Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, there was the one in the end zone where he's wide open. If Johnson just flicks it to him, it's a touchdown. But Johnson throws a hundred miles an hour behind him and he drops it. And yeah, yeah, should Evan Stewart catch that? Sure, he should. Should is, is there a much easier way to let him catch it? Yes, there is. Yeah, but for whatever reason, Texas A&M's quarterbacks can never make it easy on their receivers. And I text you this during the DA. It's just like, and I don't know. Maybe it's just the answer is he's not ready. But how far behind is Connor Wegman? I don't know. I, I mean, you know how reps work in camp, though. So yeah. if you decided that that Haynes King and, and Max Johnson were your were number one and number two, then Connor probably didn't get a lot of reps. And so and then during game week, there's just no reps to be no, had. No, there's no you time. Need to prep your starter, right? Yeah. So you know, yeah, that could be the case. It's just like, right. I can't imagine it could be worse. We'll be right back after these words. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's go to the Big 12, Ari. So much happening. Let's start with the happy news from Lawrence. Kansas is 5-0 and after a nail-biter against Iowa State. That So Kansas takes the lead. Iowa State, on its first touchdown, bad snap. Holder runs the ball in for a two-point conversion. That is the only reason Iowa State had a chance to kick to tie at the end of the game, but they miss it. Kansas is 5-0. Lance Leipold is the hottest coach in America. And college game day is coming to Kansas. As they should. You know, what's funny is, if I would have told you Kansas will not score a point in the second half against Iowa State and win, what would you have said? Did did Iowa State not come out in the second half? Like, (laughs) I I don't know. But you're right. They, They took that lead and they just held it. For dear life. And it was it was something because I just I don't know how he's done this. They were so bad. And now say it. They're good. They're, they're, <laughs> they're just good. Like it's crazy. The thing you have to consider here, Andy, too, is that their first four wins. 56 points, 55 points, 48 points, and 35 points. Mm-hmm. They won a game yes. entirely differently than the first four and against a team the that is a good team. painfully competent. Mm-hmm. That 
is a great win. That is, it is, you're exactly right. That is a great point, too. Good teams can win in multiple ways. They do not need the game to go exactly as they hope it will to win the game. And that is what Kansas did. And I can't wait to see them against TCU because TCU's offense has been good from the jump this season. Sonny Dykes has come in there. Yeah. Uh, they, they are they are just mauling people. And they had some huge plays today. Max Duggan getting it done with his legs and his arms. or Well, just the one arm. Probably both arms. When both arms. Trucking people. Uh, Oklahoma's defense is awful. Holy cow. That's bad. And you can say, well, Brent Venable's defense is, is complicated. Don't. No. No. If your defense is too complicated, simplify it. Don't go get smoked. What does that because say? Because guess what? If Quinn Ewers is back next week, you're going to get destroyed by Texas if you play that kind of defense. Brent Venables has been one of the best defensive minds in college football for the past 10 years, right? Yes. He did just stop being one of the best defensive minds in college football, correct. right? Correct. That's correct. So what does that say about Oklahoma? And I want to get back to Kansas and TCU because they deserve our shine. That, that, it, that it might but, be the people? Is it the people? That, that it might be the, the players? The, the, is it the, the players? Well, clearly he's not got the talent that he had at Clemson. We know that. But this is where he gets paid all that money for, is figure out how to make these players competent. How many coverage breaks were in this game? All of them. Straight up, like, wide open receivers running around the field. Yeah, all of them. It's like, that to me, it's like, that's not players. Right. And here's the other thing about it. Well, I'll give you the other little factoid that adds insult to injury. You do know who the offensive coordinator for TCU is, right? I do. Who is it? Uh, Lincoln Riley's little brother. Garrett Riley. That's right. So, yeah. Now, it's Sonny's offense, but still. Is, that, that is just salt in the wound there. But, but you're right. They, they were, do you they think were that Oklahoma running. fans had a hard time with that? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. There were guys running wide open. You're exactly right. That if, if it is too complicated, if they can't master it, if they're in the wrong places, simplify it. Did Garrett Riley That's get a job get today? Paid. Maybe, maybe, perhaps Texas A&M could, because here's the thing, like Jimbo Fisher is going to be under a lot of pressure and people are going to be like, Jimbo Fisher needs to stop calling plays. Jimbo Fisher's not going to stop calling plays. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's not going to get Gus Malzond and be convinced into not calling plays. But what he may do at some point down the line is replace Daryl Dickey with a different offensive mind to kind of bounce things off of. And perhaps Garrett Riley is that type of person. But yes, I think I think a lot of teams will be looking at what TCU is doing and saying, how do we get a piece of that? Young, handsome Riley brother. Mm -hmm. It's an attractive asset in today's world. Um, but Sonny Dykes is a great offensive mind, too. So let's not let's not blow up too much smoke. But it, it has been fun to see uh, Sonny Dykes tinker around with some power five talent as well. You know, yeah. you know, he had some really good teams at SMU, but he's a he's a he good had, coach. He had some decent offenses at Cal too. It, it's you know, did I say at TCU? I meant at SMU. I you no, you said SMU, but okay. I, he was yeah. in the Power Five at Cal and and had yeah. a, some okay offenses. But I mean, TCU looked dominant. That that's the thing. You 
Because if you'd have told me TCU beat Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel got hurt, I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe Oklahoma's offense just couldn't get it going. No, they just got It didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter what Oklahoma's offense did. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that, man. And, you know, I don't know if people realize this, but Max Duggan's a really good quarterback. And he's had a lot of injury stuff in his career, but he's Mm -hmm. a a really good player when he's playing well. Yeah. And, I mean, he looked amazing on Saturday. They couldn't do anything with him. Yeah. Um, but back to Kansas. Can we can we just yeah, spend like a few more minutes? Because yeah, I feel like Jalen Jalen Daniels for Heisman. Because we gravitated towards the big time brand. But um so they have this nice little streak here. Do you give them a chance against this TCU team at home? Or is this where yeah. the wheels fall off? No, I give them a chance because of what we saw today. Because of the way they beat Iowa State. I wonder if the spread's going to be like 14. It might be. I, I don't know how much faith Vegas has in TCU yet either, though. Yeah. I mean, Vegas, I'll t- can, Vegas can I tell you gets a I think, lot more now. Can I tell you I who I think might really be the best team in the Big 12? Somebody asked me that today at the birthday party, and I was like, I have no idea. Can, can I tell you who my theory is after today? Hit me with it, pal. I think it's Oklahoma State. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Oklahoma State looked awesome against Baylor. Spencer Sanders has grown up as a quarterback because he used to make a lot of decisions where like, what are you doing? But it feels like those are fewer and farther between now. And, you know, I'm not going to go as far as saying like he made the Kenny Pickett-like rise as a senior where Kenny Pickett, you know, went from just, you know, kind of okay to pretty good to, to first round talent. Like, but... I do think Spencer Sanders has grown up quite a bit. I mean, I would hope eyes. so. He's been in college for 12 years. <laughs> I know, but man, go, watch, <laughs> go watch the first touchdown Oklahoma State scored against Baylor. The touch on that ball. Like, um, that's that's a veteran throw. The Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys are having the most Oklahoma State season ever, too, right now, so far. It's like uh, 4-0, um, have one weird win early on in their schedule because it's always weird. I, mm-hmm. I remember when they had a few... Close calls with Tulsa. Um, you know, then they beat the crap out of, of Arizona State, then Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff, which isn't even a game. And then they start uh, early in the Big 12 schedule with a ranked win. So, um, and then nobody's talking about them either. It's like Oklahoma State always sneaks up on you. It's like, wait, Oklahoma State's 7 0. Well, guess what? Their defense is still great. Derek Mason replaced Jim Knowles, and, and the defense still looks very good. Um, you know, I know Baylor scored some toward the end, but Oklahoma State was in control of that game. And they also were capable of running the ball against that Baylor defensive line, which that, like, you don't see defensive lines like that very often in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah, no, they've got my respect, they've got my attention, and they also have a pretty tough go of it the next month, so. Oh, speaking of speaking of teams in the Big 12 that can run the ball, because let's also not forget these guys in the Big 12, and again, I keep saying the Big 12 is the most exciting league in America because anybody, literally anybody can win it. Maybe West Virginia can't. Maybe not. But Kansas State looked great again against Texas Tech. Adrian Martinez had maybe the most efficient day he's had in his life. Yeah, Kansas State's uh, figuring it out again, huh? Yeah, sure seems like it. That Tulane Tulane loss feels a long time ago and it was only two weeks ago. Yeah, and guess what, Andy? It does not figure into the Big 12 race. It does not. So we have some more uh, 
Big 12 craziness on on the radar this year. But, um, you know, I actually think that TCU would be a program that I would buy stock in. I think that this, oh. this is a program long term, especially after the the uh, um, two big dogs in the Big 12 depart. I think that they would be my most attractive team, especially if I get to keep the coach that they have mm-hmm. to be the new kings of that conference for the next – in the race to be the kings of the conference. Yeah. I think TCU is probably the the forefront there. Or the well, the, I, I I think TCU, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati when they get there. Probably. I just think the combination of Sonny Dykes and Dallas in Fort Worth there, I think is a is a really good building block. Yeah, I, I will say I really like the way Mike Gundy has handled at Oklahoma State all the turnover through the years because yep. they've kept the language the same. Offensively, the language has been the same since Dana Holgerson was the OC. And they've just it, so for the players it doesn't change even if the the, the people calling the plays what's change. your and, and and they did the same thing defensively Derek Mason came and they said okay Derek you learn their language instead of them learning your language and look at how good that defense looked against Baylor is is Mike Gundy like what's your take on him like oh, what I, is Oklahoma State without him I think he's the I think he's the modern day Bill Snyder I think that's a astute point I, I think. He win. He does more with less, and he he knows what they are. He recruits to what they are, and they've got it, it just. They know exactly what they're looking for. And every the time team is out. never terrible. Nope. Now I, I will say, there's a guy behind the scenes who's very important at Oklahoma State named Rob Glass. He's a strength coach there, and I realize we always glorify the strength coach. I will tell you from personal experience that Rob Glass is a great strength coach. Like he was, so Jerry Schmidt, who's the strength coach at Oklahoma now, was the head guy when I was walking at Florida. Rob was his number two. They're both very good strength coaches. I, I got to see Rob, you know, in action a little bit longer because I was a beat writer when he was the head strength coach at Florida. And I just, he gets a lot out of people. And is kind of the the consigliere to the head coach and the the head psychologist and the you name it. So the fact that those two have been together, Mike Gundy and Rob Glass have been together the entire time. I think that means a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And the strength coach is always the guy sitting at the end of the couch in the offseason trying to help you work through your roster too, right? Mm-hmm. I think people think that and, it's and just the guy that yelling roster. at people. Yeah, he knows yeah. that roster better than anybody. And 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 Rob's good at like Rob's he's tough on people, but I just remember him being the kind of guy that he kind of understood when to pull back and when to go hard on somebody. And I cannot imagine going through one of those, Andy. Well, I I mean, Rob was running me through one. I just barfed all over the weight room floor at one point. What do you have to do to get to the? Because I've never I've vomited from drinking too much. Fun fact: I've even vomited from eating too much. I've never well, vomited from working out too hard. Yeah, I mean, I have a few times, but it, what, what has to happen for you to barf? You just get over. You just overexert. Like you, you don't rest enough to get everything settled back down. Now, I might have had some dining hall bacon before that, and that was a mistake I never made again. Yeah, you but, were the one who was drinking two liter Mountain Dews before bed, right? Yeah, but then I, I, I got very bland before workouts after that incident. Okay. Yeah, I, I I went through a boot camp, and I'm going to be doing boot camps more often. And I was like, what is it like to just be in a college, in a college 
weightlifting program. They're hard. The the workouts are very hard, and, and there's a lot of volume. You're not just leisurely lifting weights. You're getting your no, ass kicked by somebody screaming in your time, face the whole there, time. There's a lot of cardio. It, a lot of it is you're also doing your cardio while lifting. Now, I know yeah. there's also off-season, there's some running and county fair type stuff, but like especially in-season, you are the, the the workout is paced in such a way that you are also getting more cardiovascular capability. Yeah, because it's like you're supersetting everything. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I I learned the term superset when I got to college. Like so that's the that's the thing. I mean and and Rob is just I the psychology piece of of what Rob does I think has helped that program immensely. So Yeah. That's where that's where they but you know, I, I like what Chris Klein is doing at, at K-State. That's a, the coaching in the Big 12 right now. Let's, let's, let's break this down. So Chris Kleiman, obviously a very good coach at North Dakota State, but has done a good job at K-State in a, in a tough spot replacing an absolute legend. Mike Gundy, we've just said, one of the, one of the more underrated jobs anybody's done in coaching, yep. period. Sonny Dykes is doing a great job at TCU. Lance also Leipold fit is, there. Yes, Lance, Lance Leipold, the hottest coach in America. Matt Campbell, I know everybody's mad at him right now. Next man Matt up, Camp, He was still working miracles at Iowa. He was winning nine games at Iowa State. Let's respect how hard that is. Dave Aranda won the Big 12 at Baylor last year. I mean, there's a lot of talent. And notice I, I haven't mentioned the Oklahoma or Texas coaches because they're TBD. We don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny when you th- when you kind of put it in that phrase, like the two major brands from the conference that are kicking the legs out from underneath it are like the teams that have the two most unknown coaches in the entire conference. Now, Neil Brown, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah. Um, Big buyout. But I like him personally. I think he's awesome. I do too. And and but it's a t- that's a tough job. I don't know that even West Virginia fans appreciate how tough their job is. Yeah. Um, Seriously, it's like one of their major recruiting territories is Florida. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I mean, you have to. You have to have a pipeline there. Um, but so, I, I mean, that's what the, the Big 12 is going to be the most wide open, exciting league. So how many teams do we think right now are still in the hunt for a Big 12 title? Uh, West Virginia has two conference losses at this point, so we, maybe we can take them out. But is it nine? Is the answer nine? Okay, so Kansas, yes, right? Kansas State, yes. Oklahoma State, yes. TCU, yes. Texas Tech, yes. Only one loss. Baylor, yes. One loss, right? Yep. Um, I think the answer is nine. Uh, Iowa, does I, Iowa State has, has two conference losses now. They lost to Baylor and Kansas. I guess Texas and Oklahoma... Well, no, Texas does, right? Do and Texas Iowa State's one, out. One no. loss. Would you say that the teams with two losses now are out? I, I, see, I don't know if Iowa does. Iowa State feel out. Both the games they lost were very close. I know. It's just a matter of whether or not the other teams at the top are going to cluster together. But yeah. I guess if they do, that plays. OU into the has two, two losses, by the way. OU does. Yeah. Do we so feel like they're out? I mean, I I think they're out if they lose to Texas. I don't think that they are a team that won't lose twice more, at least with after what I saw on Saturday. What if Mandel's pr- prediction for the Big 12 is completely correct? 
Have you been seeing high, like the, the four cheating? and seven Texas or four and eight Texas? I think he said. I think he had Texas four and eight. I think that that one's a little tough. But seven and five Oklahoma seems in the realm of possibility. Five and seven Kansas would require them to lose their next seven games. <laughs> like, but he had he had to win three games in the league, which they only need to win one more for that. Yeah. Did you see the the big poker hand um, that is being? Talked about as a potential cheating scandal the last week. Do you follow? Yes, that sort I, of thing? I, I've been trying to understand. I don't understand poker that well. This can I can I give what my my layman's version of what, yes, what I think it I've is? Been, and I've been and debating this with my brother who plays quite a bit. So so you've got a very experienced professional poker player on one well, end, one of the best on the planet. Yeah. yeah, you've got somebody who is not very experienced who tends to bet wildly and irrationally. I know nothing about her, but she isn't a pro. So she goes all in on a $100,000 pot? No, he goes all in. Oh, he goes all in and she calls. And he goes all in on a bluff, but or semi-bluff, because when he goes all in, he's got an open-ended straight flush draw, so he's got this, he's got outs for... And she's got jack high, but there's nothing, there's very little chance that she's going to get anything... That that we would consider good, like a straight or a full house. Or something she like called that. on the river when when all the cards were out. I think. Oh, okay, okay. So and he had he else. had. So she called him down one hundred thirty thousand dollars with Jack High, and like the way that Garrett Adelstein reacted to it because he plays these high stake. You look at him, he goes, "There's something wrong here," and like I don't know what made me bring this up because we were talking about it earlier, but it almost kind of feels like. Um, you know that that's kind of what what made me think about this. I don't know, we, but we hopefully you'll get there. We will get there. Um, but it is one of those things of just but like she offered to give the money back. Right? She won the pot. She offered to, to give the money back. Why would you do that? Right, and the like assumption you, is she was cheating because that's why she did that. Because there's no person who is smart or dumb enough to do that. It doesn't make any sense. There's no, because your hand is, there's nothing. You've got nothing. Right. And there's nothing right, to do. he was bluffing, f- and all she had to say was, I was also bluffing. But you don't call when we you're bluffing. Bluff. There's no such thing as bluffing. He, she oh. called. The hand was over. She flipped her cards over. Oh. There was no moves to be made. It'd be like me, but make, did she not have a better hand than him? She did, but her hand was so terrible that you could not possibly fathom why she would make that decision. So it's it's sort of like Garrett Mevis missing a 26-yarder to beat Auburn, yet making a 55-yarder against Georgia. Because sometimes yeah. weird stuff happens. Yeah, it's just a, it just was a very weird situation. So um, the Big 12, we were talking about something that made me think about that, but I, I've lost it. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. Cause, it'll cause, come back. Because weird things, weird things will happen in the Big 12. And there was also a, a chess player that was. That. Did you see the chess thing too? I did see the chess thing. Yeah. So we <laughs> let us move to the Big Ten, Ari Wasserman, because we did spend an entire episode positing that Brett Bielema would go to Madison and out Wisconsin, Wisconsin with Illinois. We did not mention, however, that Jeff Brom might take Purdue to Minnesota and out go for the Gophers which is exactly what they did. They played Minnesota's game and beat them at it. Yeah, beat them up pretty good too. Now, Mo Ibrahim didn't play, right? 
So like that. Correct. I don't know if that counts for not anything. an excuse. A- not uh, an excuse. A- Aiden O'Connell was banged up. I think he, but he played. You can't, uh, you can't say somebody's a dark horse to win uh, the Big Ten West two days ago, and then them laying ten points on the road, and then only putting up ten total, or right. at home. Right? They were at home, right? So they were I mean, at home. Yes. I, they, they, and and they had they had some moments. They had a, a pass that bounced off a receiver's hands in the end zone that turned into an interception. So yeah, it's a mm-hmm. huge swing, but there's no excuse for that. Like. You want to win the West, you got to win games like that. You know what's and funny? Now, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and now, are we not, like, are we sure Illinois is not the, the team to beat in the West? I know they lost to Indiana, and I know the Illinois fans are saying that's a bad call, but are, are we not sure? I mean, could they, could they not beat every other team in the West right now? Dan Santa Romita, um, one of our gambling experts at The Athletic, texted me today, and I, he wanted me to talk about it on the show. I'm bringing it up. Okay. How many teams from the Big Ten East do you think would win the Big Ten West? Well, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, and maybe Maryland. I think you could make the case that it's four. Who's the other one? Ohio State. Oh, Michigan, Penn State, and Maryland. Michigan, Penn State, Maryland. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, not Michigan State, which is another somebody's owed $95 million, yes, but and you're stuck with it. I think it might be four. Other people think it's four. Something fun to think about. But we talked about what would happen if Illinois went into Wisconsin and out Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and kicked their butts. Like, did yes. that change your your thought process at all about the discussion that we had a few days ago? And in, in terms of like what they have to do in Madison now. Well, I said if if Wisconsin or if Illinois comes in and out Wisconsin's them, it you got to ask some very hard questions. Yes, and Are we have to ask the hard like, questions phase. Yeah, if it, especially if it happens again with somebody else. Like, let's say Jeff Brom takes Purdue and you know against Wisconsin, and because now we know Purdue can win games like that too. Like, let's say Purdue does that to them, or Minnesota does that to them, or Iowa does that to them. Yeah, like, I guess it's a little more forgivable if Iowa does that to you, but. With that offense, I don't, I don't know, and you know, I, I realize against Michigan, Iowa's offense sort of woke up a little bit in the second half, but when the that game kind was, of was over, yeah, right, that kind of was after the the critical play where they had a fourth and short on the goal or near the goal line, and they not only committed offensive pass interference but also threw short of the stick. Yes, that like, was like that was uh, spontaneous combustion mode. Yeah. For me. Um, yeah, they just can't score. So, you know, they showed so, this graphic on on TV, too, if you were watching it, that just said, like, Iowa offensive metrics or whatever, and there were three categories, and it said, uh, last place, last place, last place. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. It should be noted, by the way, that the person who built that Oklahoma defense that we were talking about, or at least, the you know, recruited the people, uh, Arizona State scored 17 on USC in the first half. Yeah. I know that's it's 2117 USA. I know we're, we're an hour into this thing. And, uh, when we're done, uh, in the near future, I think I'm going to go watch the end of that game and we might have to come back. We might reconvene. Yes. We, we very so, well might reconvene. Cause this is not a game I expected USC to have trouble with. And, uh, if, if they do, well, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. So this is a, th- this big 10 discussion is interesting though. Cause I, I do think Wisconsin probably needs to figure out what they, what they want to be. I don't think you change the identity, but there are coaches out there who could be 
you know, bring that same physical identity, toughness. Now, you don't have to have the same offense to have a, a tough physical identity where you have really good offensive linemen. Like that, you don't have to run that specific offense. So like you pushed back on me when I said Dave Aranda the other day, but the offense Baylor runs would work just fine. Isn't he from Wisconsin. California? It doesn't matter where he's from. Yeah, no, but it's work, just, that's what I meant. At, I didn't mean. He did work at Wisconsin with great he success. Did. He did. So, yes, yes, I know, I know. He's not from Texas either, and he's doing okay there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just picture whoever they hire next has lumberjack photos but what, from their what, childhood. What about, well, what about Wisconsin Whitewater grad Lance Leipold? I think he's. I think what he's doing in Kansas makes him a candidate for every job. <laughs> every job. Like, listen, being in the Lance Leipold business in the next two months is going to be very lucrative because either Kansas is going to pay him a bunch of money or somebody else is going to pay him a bunch of money. Yeah. No, good for him, man. Really. I know. Honestly, it's good great. for him. It's like, I don't know how anybody could look at the bill that he's done there and be like, he's not a candidate for this job. Yeah. No. He, and, and and that's the thing. And you're one. I don't know that Wisconsin... This is year two. For year two, opinion. sorry, year yeah. two. But year uh, one, they were much better, weren't they? They they were. They beat Texas. Yeah. But I don't... See, Wisconsin is not a, is not a knee-jerk type program. It's not a knee-jerk university. Like, no. nothing about them screams, we're going to now. make a change. Yeah. But if they have two or three more days like Saturday, maybe just... It might only take two more. They're going to they're gonna make a change. Like, they will. You think? Yeah. They're about to get a buttload of money from the new Big Ten TV deal. So that's not the problem. It's just how, how, how much do you want to fall behind? I don't know if I, yeah. They, they, they just, uh, they're kind up there, you know? They are kind. But they also appreciate the finer things. Like cheese and beer. And beef. And winning. And winning. And they've won a lot. They have. And you can have the identity that Barry Alvarez brought. Yeah, you could be a smash mouth football team people. without lining up in the eye, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, there are many ways to use talented offensive linemen. Right. Many, many, many ways. So I, I just don't know if you can put up with more of that. Because that was... That is rock bottom, it feels like. I think so. Because it's the guy who you said, we don't need him a- anymore. He left. We don't need him. Very early this. in his tenure at a place that was deemed hopeless. Yeah. Yep. And Illinois is not hopeless. Illinois was just took it to them. And it was, it was interesting because Wisconsin went right down the field and scored. And they had a nice return to help. But then it was just all Illinois. From there on, is Brett Bielema going to be popping up in coaching candidate situations, or I mean, when is that going to start happening? There's a certain conference he's proven he's very good at coaching in, and there's a certain conference that has some high profile. I'm not even going to say it. Oh, you're going to put Brett Bielema in Nebraska? Even more juicy. Keep going. He's Where inked. Else? Iowa. You're going to bring him home. Is it is it because it's almost midnight here for me and 1230 for you, or am I on to something there? Could that, like, matriculate in three, four years? Well, here's the thing. I don't think Kirk Ferentz is in any trouble. 
So he would just have to decide he wants to retire. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. the thing about Iowa, the way they played today against Michigan, especially the way their defense bowed up after getting mauled on the first drive, they're still going to beat most teams they play. Yeah, I guess. that That's the thing. Now, if Brett goes in there and whips them, maybe that's a different story. Brett, I, I, don't, I, don't, well, I say goes in there. I don't know where that game is this year. I don't know. Maybe I'm just delirious, Andy. I just, it's like, it's, I, I like to think about fun scenarios. One, uh, Bert to, to Wisconsin again would be great. And Jesse's like, that could never happen. Um, and you said no, that too. The bridges have been burned for sure. The, uh, but as, as Keith Olbermann once said of ESPN, the bridges were napalm. Would he, would he crawl to Iowa City if that ever presented itself? Well, I think they'd send a jet. <laughs> uh, so, by the way, that game's in Champaign. It is next week. Okay. <laughs> There's a day, lot going did, on next week, Ari. There's a <laughs> lot going on. Did the Big Ten or did College Game Day pick their game too quickly? Nope. You know, Illinois is like one weird overturned touchdown away from being undefeated, right? Ari, they had a chance to go to Kansas. Joe Tessitore hosts a show with Rob Riggle, noted giant Kansas fan. So obvious guest picker there. This is too easy. It is too easy. And if they would have passed on them again, everybody would be like, what the hell, dude? Like they yeah. could, like they had no choice because there was so much outrage last week. Could you imagine a 5-0 and o versus 5-0 and o matchup? Oh, my goodness. If they, and they after, chose after somewhere Texas else, A&M chose got, Tuscaloosa. After Texas A&M got destroyed by Mississippi State, if they had picked Alabama, Texas A&M, there would have been a riot. It would like, have been. It would have been. Everybody would be like, "This is stupid." Yeah. No, including you've me. Got, you've got to go to Lawrence. You have got to do this. I cannot wait. Now they they wasted their Lance Leopold feature this week. So run it again. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you got three hours to fill. <laughs> oh, okay, and well, Corso Corso was sick, so I hope he's back. Is there? There's a giant Jayhawk head, right? That's what we're. That's what yeah, we're putting on. I hope so. I mean, or That'd that horn frog head is pretty cool too. Do you imagine that Jayhawk head appearing in your bedroom window at two in the morning? Oh, that's terrifying. I do like to think about terrifying mascots in your bedroom late at night. If you haven't noticed, this is the third big time red I've brought from this Western up. Kentucky, like just peering over you as there's, you sleep. No, I you, think this. You, you know, there's one eye, and there he is. Uh, what's the uh, Pistol Pete from Oklahoma State? The giant plastic head. What do you think is the most terrifying mascot that could show up in your bedroom during the wee hours of the night? Purdue Pete, easily. That's I agree. <laughs> That's just what I was going to say. No question, Purdue Pete. It's terrifying. Well, Does Providence he have the is, hammer. Providence is. Oh, the uh, fr- the Providence Friar. Oh yeah, God, that'd be terrifying. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that is yeah. awful. Hope <laughs> the Wake Forest Demon Deacon. Yeah, those three are the oh, three. I think. By the way, we we do need to talk a little more ACC. We did talk Clemson and okay. NC State. Clemson's good. DJ's good. I'm sorry, DJ. I take it all back. He's good. I, I, I'm not mentioning Kate Clemson again. <laughs> sorry. You're good. <laughs> um, well, Sparky the Sun Devil would also be scary. Terrifying. Yes. Because that could mean a lot of different things. Also but, the devil from Duke. Wait, so you're you're 100% back in then on DJ. Yeah. yeah no yeah, questions asked? Okay. I'm in. Yep. I am in. And, Undefeated playoff team. No, I didn't say that. I said I'm in on DJ. Well, that's the missing link there, isn't it? Not really. I mean, if they have some injuries, like uh, 
They had uh, Brian Brisset didn't play today. So they, they you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Like Will Shipley got hurt last year. So yeah. But I, I do think I didn't mean like if somebody gets hurt. I'm just saying like I think you saw today was a playoff team. The clear favorite to win the ACC, and and if you win the ACC as an undefeated or one loss team, I think you got a, a real good shot. If I put uh, you on wait, the spot and make you give you us your top five in order, could you do it right now, or do you need time to think about it? Um, it's it, I mean top three would be Alabama or well, Georgia, Alabama or Ohio State. Some order. I don't know which what order. Ohio that's State. That, maybe one. Well, that's the fun part. Yeah. Well. Okay, fine. We'll talk Ohio's, about it on Ohio State. I'll be a prisoner of the moment. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Kansas. I don't know. Um, Kansas. <laughs> your face. <laughs> that face in your bedroom in the middle of the night. Yeah, exactly. Scary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I I don't know who the fifth one would be right now. Well, we'll we'll talk about it on, on Tuesday. Well, no, I think I think we might need to to have the Andy Staple show. Computer laptop organized Windexes. Yeah, well, especially if USC doesn't get it together. So I, I like your face. I hope I don't see it again tonight. Kansas, Kansas. <laughs> a ten. I give it a ten. A ten, Kansas. <laughs> uh, one more ACC game I want to mention. Wake Forest looked really good coming off that Clemson loss. Yep, they go down to Tallahassee, uh, took a big lead. Florida State fought back, but incredible four minute drill by the Demon Deacons to salt the game away. So they, they, I I think they're probably just good, too. Like it's, Yeah, I felt bad that the Florida State run kind of ended, but, you know, Wake Forest is actually good. So, yep. And uh, Catherine mentions Michigan. Have we talked? We probably didn't talk as much as we could have about Michigan. First drive, I was like, oh, my God, if they can do this to Iowa they, and they do this all game. I thought that it was like we were on pace for the Ari Wasserman called it for Michigan to cover its own, the over by itself, but it's kind of yeah. petered out. Yeah, by the way, the number on that game is 42. Kirk kicks the extra point to total 41. <laughs> it's a damn shame. There was no, I, I don't think there was any advantage to going for two at that point, but I just found it very funny. But Michigan, yeah, I if they had kept that up the whole game, I'd have been like, Michigan's playoff team, watch out Ohio State. Like, this is, maybe the Big Ten gets two in, but they slowed down. Iowa did look like Iowa's defense again. Well, Iowa's for, defense for did not game. score a defensive touchdown in this game. So they didn't, which is maybe maybe that is we should give Michigan's offense credit for that. You had but, one uh, defensive touchdown in there in the second quarter and you might have a football game there at the end of the at the end of the third. Good point. Very good point. Now, I I th- so I thought Michigan looked remarkably uh, just relentlessly competent, which you know what? That's a good thing to be. Like I didn't think Georgia looked like that tonight. Nope. There were times Alabama didn't look like that, although they, they got it together. It's a successful weekend, Andy, because it's more context, and every week we get more and more of it, and it makes the show more and more fun. Yes, and here's the thing. It's fun from top to bottom. Like The Sun Belt continues to be awesome. The, the Raging Cajuns are good, and they're 0-2, because the, the, the league's just crazy. Troy yeah. won on a walk-off, I think. And then uh, Coastal Carolina beat Georgia Southern when a dude hurdled a guy. Like, not just, not like hurdled like an Olympic hurdler, like jumped, put his foot on his helmet, and continued running like Mario jumping on a, a, what are they called, Goombas? Like, it was incredible. 
Koopas, right? Koopa Troopas. Yeah, that guy. Koopa Troopas. One of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Like, what a how? Day. That was unbelievable. <laughs> just, <laughs> it, and it, it just never stops. So, also, don't sleep on UCLA as a top 10 team. UCLA looked fantastic against Washington. That offense was, it, and, and you did call it. You, on, our, on our Friday show, you said when, when UCLA really gets rolling, they are very tough to stop. And some of those times when they were handing off to Charbonnet, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, Washington has no chance here. Could you imagine if he was still on Michigan's roster and you, you had a duo with him and Corum? With him, Blake Corum? Oh, man. That would have been nasty. That would be unfair. But, no, I, I, I thought UCLA looked great and... You know, it, it was tough when you watched them against South Alabama a few weeks ago. It was like, I don't know, this this doesn't look yeah. good. Yeah, and l- listen, their their defense is going to be shaky when they play big. They're not. I don't know if they're actually a top ten team, but you know, anytime a Chip Kelly team gets the five and zero, oh, you got to pay attention. Well, he always talked about watering the bamboo, and, and you don't see it, you don't see it, you don't see it, and finally you see it. Well, maybe maybe we're seeing it, but. Uh, but Catherine points out Goombas are the little brown guys. Koopas are the little turtles. So yeah. we're both right. Yeah. I don't remember the word Goomba. Uh, it's, I, I believe it's a you know anti-Italian thing. Oh, good. So. Well, that's how I hope we would end the show. Yeah, by, by insulting a certain nationality. Well, I mean, Mario and Luigi are as well. So my guess is Mario and Lu- that is that, that is the derogatory term that Mario and Luigi called them. So... Oh, uh, I get it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, we'll have to Google that. Yes, I, 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 you know, I don't remember it coming up on the Sopranos, but it might have. <laughs> Gabagool did. Gabagool definitely did. I, we're already an hour and sixteen minutes into this, so if you're here still listening, you, you're one of us. You're in the trust tree. We're in the. So trust that tree. was right when I started the calorie count when I was uh, when I was binging the Sopranos. They're eating in practically every scene. Like they are eating cured meat or pasta in seventy five percent of the scenes in that show, and I got so hungry. I mean, it's the that. same thing watching Goodfellas. I mean, when they were in I was prison, starving myself. You know, in Goodfellas, when they went to prison, and oh, they yeah. had that they're scene where the, they're shaving cut, the garlic, the garlic the, razor like, thin. I, it's like Heck prison yeah. doesn't seem so bad. Well, yes, if you're in the mob and you're connected, you get to be in there, and if they bring in pasta tamanara, <laughs> just kind of line it up, you know. <laughs> only you would think that oh all right Ari it has been a pleasure we might be reconvening yeah Caleb just threw a pick in the end zone so if you don't hear from us again it means USC held on and won this thing if you hear from us again well it'll be at the beginning of the show so you will have already heard it good night everybody we love you